Hey, thanks so much for joining us on our Summit Church podcast. If you are new here, we want to help connect you with God and all that he has in store for you. We hope that this inspires you, strengthens your faith, and gives you hope to live your best days now. Enjoy the message. We'll talk about potential, the power of potential. And bear in mind, potential is what you could do, but you haven't done it yet. Potential is how far you could go, but you haven't gone there yet. Once you do it, it's not potential anymore. It's potential when it hasn't yet been accomplished. What's your potential? When you hook in to God Almighty, who has unlimited power, your potential goes way up as to possibilities, and only He can set the limit of your potential. Don't let your race, don't let don't let whether you're male or female, don't let whether you're American or uh, another nationality or your culture or your family or your background or your teachers or your economic status, they don't determine my limit. Only God can determine a Christian's limit. I have unlimited potential and only he has the right to say, well, that, that's as far as I'm going to let you go, Right? So get a big picture of your potential. It's way bigger than you think. Never underestimate the potential of a little kid. A father was showing his son pictures of the most wanted criminals in America on a post office wall. And the father said, son, these men are wanted all over the country. The police are looking for them. The FBI is looking for them. The CIA is looking for them. And the son looked up at his dad and he says, Well, Dad, why didn't they keep those people when they took their picture? Not bad logic, right? When God wanted to liberate Israel from Egypt's bondage, he sent a baby in a wicker basket. And Moses became a man used by God to destroy the empire of Egypt. Can you imagine Pharaoh when his daughter comes in from her Olay, uh, what's that, bath stuff? Oil of LA. Oil of LA. You know, Henry, what is it? Oil of LA. Okay. And said, Daddy, look what I found. Can I keep it? It didn't look like it had much potential, just a little baby. And he said, Yeah, it's cute. Bring him on in. He had no idea he was bringing the destruction of Egypt into his palace. Nobody saw that. When God wanted to liberate you and me from a debtor's prison to sin and Satan, He sent a baby in Bethlehem's manger, insignificant, named Jesus Christ. And because of his sacrifice at the cross, we gather here today at Summit, not as slaves to sin or Satan, but as sons and daughters of Almighty God. Thank God for Jesus Christ and his shed blood for you and me. But nobody nobody thought that little baby in a run-down manger had any potential to be a savior of the world. The Pharisees were looking for some white knight on a stallion, and they got a little baby wrapped in little manger clothes, and they walked right on by and missed it. They didn't see the potential. What's your potential? There's enough atomic energy, I am told by science, in a simple glass of water to drive a battleship around the world four times. I'd like to pay for that water instead of gas right now. Yeah. The question is, oh, somebody, this is, irre, this is irrelevant to the message, but I've, I've been told that city gangs downtown 
have now called a ceasefire because they can't afford gas for drive-by shootings. So, okay. All right. I just heard that. All right. So the question is, how do you, stop it. How do you release that potential? According to the UCLA Brain Research Institute, the human brain has the actual ability and potential to create and to store and learn virtually without limit. Their research indicates we could, without any difficulty whatever, learn 40 languages, memorize a set of encyclopedias, and complete the required coursework of 12 colleges and universities. That's what your mental potential is. Don't you feel good about yourself already? Wow. They say the English language has about 450,000 words, but linguistic experts estimate that our daily conversations use up maybe 400 words. And the majority of those words are me, my, mine, I, and why. See, the only way to obtain knowledge is through study. And for a couch potato, that's like going to a dentist for a root canal without Novocaine. Just don't want to do it. Paul said, study to show yourself approved. David said, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. Now that translates, I have read the word until I've memorized it. Hiding it in your heart is simply memorization. Sometimes I can, I can quote the verse, I can't remember the address. But you got to remember, when they wrote those letters in the Bible, they didn't have chapter and verse. So sometimes I forget the address, but I know, I know what's there. So I'll, I'll quote that. And sometimes in decisions or uh, when something is presented, a scriptural flash in my head, either positive or negative. That's, that's what God intended. It'll, it'll give me some boundaries. It'll give me some guidelines so I don't go too far. It'll give me some control correction. And that's a good thing. So I want to tell you something. When you read God's Word, just reading it, the power of its message goes through your brain, and it increases your intellectual capacity to learn. If you read this book, the Bible, as much as we watch TV, we'd all be geniuses. Now, that's not positive talk. That's reality. I think it was Solomon who said, happy is the man who finds wisdom. For there the man who finds wisdom has found silver, fine gold, more precious than rubies, and the length of life is in her right hand, and all her paths lead to peace. Wow. I'd like to have a life that's better than silver and gold, and I think most of you would too, and precious rubies and diamonds that leads to pure peace. Well, it's right there in God's Word. Knowledge is power, not facts, knowledge. The first principle in releasing potential is to gain the knowledge of God. The Bible is the fountain of knowledge. The author of this powerful book is God, the Holy Spirit. And when you read these pages, you're not reading a magazine. Your life of doubt, insecurity, limitations begins to vanish. Your dull, dreary, dead personality will catch some fire, and that will do good for some of you because that's what's in the book. It's not a book of defeat. It's a book of victory. It's a book of potential. What's possible? And God uses the most unlikely people, which means we can all get in and get a piece of it. So God's Word is a two-edged sword that will send you out to combat. It's the bread of life that satisfies my ever longings. This is living water, God says. These are all 
descriptions of God's word that gives you satisfaction, uh, quenching your thirst. Some of you are drinking a lot of things that don't satisfy. You know, they don't. And out of the pages of God's word comes joy unspeakable, full of glory. There's peace in the midst of the storm. Let me say this. Don't look for a lake with no storms. Get Jesus in your boat. That's the issue. There is no life without a storm. But my peace comes to Jesus in the boat with me in the storm. Everything's going to be all right. That brings peace. There is the love of God that heals and unifies, hope that is unshakable, unbreakable, and that's found in the pages of God's Word. See, your Lord and Savior is with you all the time in all things and promises that our sin shall be whiter than snow. My past is buried in the deepest sea, never to be remembered against you. I always like to say, that doesn't go for wives. They never forget. But God says, I will remember your sin no more. How about it, men? Is it, well, yeah, thank you. So, so this says, rejoice and be exceedingly glad because almighty God is your father in heaven and heaven is my eternal home. I'm a child of the king. Nothing shall be impossible unto me if God assigns it to me. It may look impossible. I may think it's impossible. But if God's given me a purpose, an assignment, it's not impossible with him. Now, there's a difference, you would agree, in making a great living and having a great life. They're not the same. There are a lot of celebrities and sports people and CEOs that have a great living, but a miserable life. No peace no joy. You don't have to hope for the future. You know, there, there's no real love maybe in their marriage or in their relationships. They don't enjoy life, although they've got everything in the world. And it's your choice. It's God's will for us to be a happy people. I, I was, David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the late service at 11 because I'm too sleepy to go to 9. He said, let us go to the house of the Lord. I was glad. Yeah, ought to be some joy, encouragement in it. It's all right to be happy and be a Christian. You know, I was, I was talking to a, a young man, a fine young man in a Christian school who called me this past week to interview a pastor. Uh, he doesn't go to church here, but he, he, one of his uh, relatives goes here and knew me and says, why don't you call Rick and see if he'll be willing to do an interview? And I did. And the first question that I was asked was, what's climbing Mount Rainier, which I did 10 years ago, what's that got to do with being a pastor? And I blurted right out, absolutely nothing. I said, pastoring's what I do. It's not who I am. I got a lot in me. And I said, if you don't get some adventure, whether it's exercise or yoga or shopping or a vacation or golf or fishing or hunting or doing, taking a pottery class or taking something online, you're going to dry up and die working that Dolly Parton nine to five deal. <laughs> working nine to five and it's the same routine. If you're a man, that will kill you. That will kill you. You'll, dry, you'll drink too much. You'll eat too much. You, you'll have an affair. You'll get goofy because you, you, you've lost joy. And God doesn't do that to you. People, culture, religion does that to you. So I like boats. I like airplanes. I like skydiving. There's a, I love adventure. I love an element of risk, not foolish risk. But that keeps me alive. 
talking to you does not keep me alive. <laughs> I'm kidding. Come on. Come on. See, some of you can't even laugh, you religious snob. I don't know who raised you. You, you, ought to be, you ought to be fun to be with. Y'all really ought to be fun to be. Jesus apparently was. All the bad people in town loved to come party with him. Think about that. And the worst criticism the Pharisees could say is, look at him. He's disgusting. He's a, he's a wine-bibber and eats with publicans and sinners. I don't think Jesus was boring to be around. Maybe we all got picked up by Jesus and put in the wrong church for a long time. Kind of messed us up. And there are a lot of people who don't believe that, that you should be have some happiness. If I'm really spiritual, I walk around with a face that looks like I've been sucking lemons all day. But that's religion, not spirituality. And religion is a curse. Yeah, I, I assure you of that. Salvation through the blood of Jesus Christ is liberation from religion. It's a relationship. It sets you free to serve Jesus and help others and enjoy life while you're here. Celebrities, I know, they have everything money can buy. Luxury cars, jets, diamonds, and fame, and the applause of so many thousands or millions of fans. And yet, a great number of them are lonely. They have a great living, but they don't have a great life. They have a hurting heart or a lonely life. And we have to read, so-and-so's 37, star in this book, he died, uh, drug overdose, this one. You don't have to be too smart just to look at the normal uh, paper over a given month or six months to see how many being rich or famous or wealthy or having the hottest or the buffest or whatever bail out on life because that didn't make there's nothing wrong with what they had it was thinking that what they had would satisfy what only Jesus can do to the human heart that's the problem in fact I'd like to have a, a nice boat a nice jet you said well that'll ruin you it ain't gonna ruin me it just make you critical. It'll help me. You you, I mean, I talked to Chris. I said, do you think the wisdom of man that's created cars and jets and boats and planes and uh, computers is just for drug cartels? Are you kidding me? Come on, wake up. Get out there and take back some of that stuff. For the, use it for the glory of God. Good grief. You know, I listened to some of the dumbest things, and I know Jesus did not produce that. Yeah, you, you, you need to get an idea. Jesus said, my heavenly Father is glorified when you bear much fruit. Some of you need to get out of the house and do something. Quit working nine to five and coming home and burp and lay down in your easy chair and then roll over. You know, the monotony. Do something a little risky. Try once in a while give something you normally wouldn't give and don't give to release something God normally doesn't in your life. Take a risk. And if it doesn't scare you a little bit, you're not stepping out in faith. If everything's cut and dried, you're not walking in faith now. You just need to go ahead and do something you haven't done before. Not illegal, come on. But taking a faith risk. So what kind of a life do you have? Do you have a divine purpose? Are you lonely? Does your life have any meaning? Are you always angry, always frustrated? Are you chasing illusions that never materialize? Is your home in crisis? Is your marriage a war zone? You're not living up to your potential if that's true. God's made it possible for all of us to have a peace that passes understanding. He's made it possible for me to have joy 
joy. I don't like everything, but I'm a guy full of joy. Most part of my life, I think so. I'm fun to be with. And I don't like a lot of, I don't like high gas prices. I don't like the turmoil politically. I'm not any different than you, but it doesn't rob me of being who God's made me to be. It does not. See, to have joy unspeakable and full of glory. He's made it possible to have unconditional love. The Bible says love is of God and those who do not have love have not God. Lovelessness is not an indication of your spirituality. It's a testimony you don't know God himself. You've got confidence in a world that's coming apart and broken. When you know the God of this Bible, he promises, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you, even to the ends of the earth. Though your mother and your father forsake you, the Lord will take you up. Psalms 27, verse 10. You can have a great dead mom. I had a broken home. My parents were divorced five times. I was raised by different relatives, and some of you have got a worse story than that. But I said, I will be a better father. I will be a better husband. I will not live that kind of a life. I remember just as a kid in high school saying, that is not going to be my future. I don't know how I'm going to get there. don't know how long it'll take to get there, but I will not live that way. And some of you need to wake up, shake yourself, have a good cup of coffee and say, not on my watch. I'm not going to live like my parents. I'm not going to be abusive or unfaithful like my father. No, not me. You can make that choice yourself. God's just waiting on you. Come on. He's got big plans for all of us. See, there are people right here in this service, maybe watching online. Your father and mother forsook you. You've been living in a social system that's vicious and loveless. And I can tell you from the depth of my own heart, there is a Father in heaven that loves you more than you can possibly imagine. And I'm going to tell you what, your Father may not have hugged you. He never said, I believe in you. you got a great future. I'm proud of you, son or daughter. Our Heavenly Father is. He will. He didn't make a mistake with you. I'm not going to live by the limitations of my earthly father. Are you kidding me? It's a motivation to live better, to live bigger. And it's awfully expensive to get divorced. <laughs> it's cheap. It's a much cheaper stay married, I think. There's supposed to be, I was reading the other day, 60 million evangelicals in America. And it said if every one of us won one person to Christ, just one, in four years you'd dominate the country with the glory of God. But we got to get Jesus out of the church house and into a real house where people live because they're the ones that suffer. They need to hear good news. I'm tired of hearing Christians suck their thumb and cry out, well, I don't have much potential. You know, I'm born poor. My daddy's poor. My granddad was poor. Oh, shut up. Who cares what they were? That's not who you are. That's not who God's made you to be. He's loaded you with potential. Stretch. Step out in faith. Listen to what God says in his word to you and me. I'm not limited by what my father or my mother did or did not do or should have done but didn't do. I'm not limited by that. I'm not limited by your opinion. I am limited only by God's will. Only by God's will. You can't stop me. And I'm saying, you need to break out of that prison too. Take the limits off. Let, let me tell you, little is much. And most people think little of themselves. But it's much when God gets in it. See, when God gets in your little bit, he'll make it a whole lot. 
He can turn your robot, your robot, your, ro- your rowboat into a carnival cruise ship. You know, in every seed, there's a potential. Every little seed, there's the potential of a harvest. In every fish, there's a school of fish. In every bird, there's a flock. In every cow, there's a herd and a few hamburgers. In every man, there's a nation to be born. Abraham had Isaac. Isaac produced Jacob. Jacob produced 12 sons, and those went on and produced a whole nation. What's in you? What's in you? I never had anybody tell me I had any potential. I never had anybody in my family or teachers in school or college talk about purpose or vision or plans. Never. It was just an assignment and fill it in, and that was it. What's in you? Let me, let me suggest something. This is pretty simple. Go back and get your high school annual and see what people wrote in it and see if there aren't some things that occur quite often. Those are little clues to your real identity, what people see in you. Build on that, not what nobody sees, but a gift is something recognized by others. It's something that when you do it, you you find pleasure. And the more you do it, the better you get at it. God isn't going to assign you some purpose for which you have no ability. He's put something in you for his purpose. And when you do it, it fits good. And you kind of like it. And you get better the more you do it. If you've been trying to do it for 20 years and it's still terrible, that's not God's assignment for you. He wants you to be fruitful. Stop doing what God has not assigned you to do. You know, you can't grow coffee trees in Alaska. The environment and the soil is not conducive to produce that growth. And so you need to get planted in God to produce the unlimited potential he has for you. The right kind of friends, the right kind of an atmosphere. Surround yourself with those people. Begin to eliminate, at least eliminate time with those who limit you. Because they'll never see what you see. And you need to have a, I don't care what you see. Here's what I see. That's called vision. You know, Bethlehem's manger was not the JW Marriott Resort. Pretty insignificant, I would say. But what happened in that little insignificant place, potential, changed the course of the world. The stone that killed Goliath was tiny but he changed the destiny of Israel. Mustard seed faith, Jesus said, it's very small. Starts out like a mustard seed, tiny, like a little grain of pepper. So small. But the Lord says, if it's pure faith, you can move impossible mountains with that pure faith. A little bit of faith in an unlimited God produces big results. God said to Abraham, I'm going to make you a mighty nation. In God's calculus, it works like this. One equals many. Little equals much. Small equals great. Less equals more. The fact you were born is proof. God knew the earth needed something you carry, some potential you carry. So God has something special for every person in this room and those watching online. Don't you dare go to your grave with the talents God's given you, dreams that you haven't acted upon, opportunities you didn't take that were missed. Release the power of God. Reach for greatness. Dare to fly on the wings of faith when the cowards around you are clucking and scratching the dirt, plucking like a chicken. Soar like an eagle. Mount up on wings like an eagle. God says, I'm going to renew your youth like the eagle. Amen. Some of you need to pluck out some feathers and get renewed. 
you ought to be getting better when you get older. We get all the stupid out of us, and finally we get a little bit smart, and we learn how to sap a little bit more out of life. The Bible says, they shall mount up on wings like an eagle. They shall fly into the face of God with faith and power to do the impossible. So my challenge is, do it. Do it in Jesus' name. Nothing, absolutely nothing is impossible with Jesus Christ that he's assigned you to do. Nothing. And if he makes a promise, he'll stand by that promise. Your source determines your potential. When God creates something, he finds a special substance And then he creates that something, and as long as that created something stays in contact with its source, its life has unlimited potential. When God wanted to create plants, he chose dirt as the source. And as long as your plants stay in touch with dirt, they live. But pull a plant out of the dirt, it'll die. You don't have to be on cocaine to see that, right? Fish were created for the water. Leave them there. They'll become a school of fish. But you take that one fish out of the water, it'll die. It loses its connection. As a Bible-believing Christian, you are awed by the standards of the world. That's why the world doesn't like you, because we have a whole different set of values. You live by another set of laws, and that's never going to change Unless God changes his word, which he says is immutable, not going to happen. And if that offends people, too bad. Get over it. See, you're going to feel supreme love for the one you've never seen, and that's Jesus. Remember when uh, he was resurrected and the disciples gathered, and he appeared in their midst, and uh, Thomas said, I'm not going to believe it's him unless I see the wounds in his hands and the hole in his side and touch him. And when Jesus appeared, (laughs) he went right after Tom. Come here, Thomas. Don't be unbelieving. Touch me. See that it's me. And, and Thomas was astounded and, you know, glorified God. Then Jesus said this, you believe me because you've touched me and seen me. Blessed, more blessed are those who haven't seen me and touched me who believe than you. We got a better standard than they do. Now, that's odd by the world's standards. See, you talk to God and yet you never touched him. That was the thing about Abraham. He came out of a pagan, idolatrous society. All of their gods are wood and stone. You could touch them. But he had faith to believe in an unseen God, something that had never, ever happened. And God said, I can trust that man because he trusts me, though he's never seen me. See, you can, in God's economy, you can empty yourself to become full. You decrease that you may increase. Humble yourself. God says, I will exalt you. You, you, you order to, in order to get up. You, you go down. Those that are strongest are when you're weakest. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. You're rich when you are poor. You die so you can live forever. Let me tell you something. Death's not a tragedy, not for a believer. Death's a reward for the righteous. Death is a loss, but not defeat. We're going to live forever. You give things away so you can keep them in the kingdom. He says, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. 
You see the invisible. You hear the inaudible. You know the unknowable because you are sons and daughters of the Most High God. And all knowledge and all power flows through you because you are rooted, connected, and grounded in your source. He's the one who made you. In him we live and move and have our being. When you pull away, you never find that fulfillment and your full potential until you get connected to Jesus, the one who created you. And you get grounded in the Word of God. He's the vine. We are the branches. Stay connected. The fruit will follow. Dare to believe the impossible and make it possible for you. See, everything's impossible to somebody does it. Your potential is activated by faith. God said, let us make man in our likeness. The Hebrew word likeness means to operate like, not to look like. So the question is, how does God operate? Well, I know he operates by faith. And if you're not functioning like God, you're malfunctioning. Yeah, if you're not functioning like God, you're, you're doing some malfunctioning now. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. The just shall live by faith. Faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Faith is not an option. It's a requirement for a child of God. Faith is not an emotion. We looked at it last week in Hebrews 11. Faith is substance. It is the evidence of things not seen. Substance is something you can hold on to. Evidence is something in a law book that proves faith is not mystical. It's rock solid. Substance and evidence. What's the substance and evidence? The substance is what God has done. The evidence is what's recorded in the Bible. So he says, have faith. Faith doesn't demand a miracle. It creates a miracle. Faith starts out before you know how it's going to come out. When Cindy and I took our two little toddler girls in a U-Haul trailer and came into San Antonio, much to my shering, I didn't want to do it, but we stepped out in faith. The, the, the risk was there. I mean, you're stepping out into the unknown. Did I really hear God? Did my friends really hear God? What if this doesn't work out? Are you feeling that? Most people have never felt that. This church wasn't started by anybody who was guaranteed a million and a half dollar home or guaranteed a six-figure salary or guaranteed his insurance, and I still pay for my gas, okay? Uh, the stupid stuff I hear. And I didn't have any health insurance. I didn't have anything. That's how we started this church. And today, anybody you hire, well, how many days off do I get? What's my health security? How much does this pay? And I thought, this church was started by a risk taker. There was no safety net but God. And we stepped out, but God, and we're still here after 38 years. I'm simply saying, you need to stretch yourself. You need to do something you have not comfortable doing because you've never done it before. And you grow. You get stronger. You don't walk into a gym and pick up 400-pound barbell. You pick up those little pink ones. <laughs> and when, that, when your trainer says, okay, we got to move it up if you're going to grow some muscle, and we got to get a little heavier. And when God gave Israel the land, he says, I'm going to give it to you little by little, not all at once. You can't handle it. So we're going to get it little by little. So you got to start somewhere. So we started. We took a little trip of faith. And, you know, it's not a leap in the dark, really. It's a walk in the light. Faith is not hoping God is real. It's knowing God is real. And I'm basing it on the evidence of the Word of God. What He has done, He can do, and He will do. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Nothing's changed. I know God heals because the evidence say He has healed. Therefore, He can heal now. Anything He did in Jerusalem, He can do in San Antonio. 
We know God performs miracles. He has and he can. We know God can move mountains. He can divide seas. He can rain bread from heaven if he wants to because it's in the book. And if it's in this book, you can have it. Your potential is determined by the characteristics of God you exhibit. If you're really with the Lord as a believer and he is in you, his characteristics will start to become your characteristics. So God is faithful. Are you? Are you dependable? See, when you give you word, can we count on it? Do you have to have six corporate lawyers signed to guarantee or is an eye contact and a handshake and I will good enough? God is merciful. Are you? God gives unconditional love to people who don't deserve to be loved. That's why he loved you and me. Do you? God is totally forgiving. Are you? God is generous. Are you? You know, Jesus prayed, you know, the Lord's Prayer, forgive us as we forgive those. That's his word. And his word is his bond. If God says he'll do it, does that describe you? He's patient. Are you? Do you find yourself standing in front of the microwave screaming, hurry up! (laughs) There are two groups of people in this room and those watching online, those who make good and those who make excuses. When you blame somebody else for your inability to do something, you have empowered that person to control you. See, I say again, you're not limited by God. You're limited by the people you are around that raised you, and you're letting them give you excuses not to achieve, not to dream, not to stretch and risk to get something better. God's pleased when you do that. Not dis- You'll fall down. You'll make a mess occasionally, but you're going to grow. But sitting around isn't going to do anything but grow your exterior. That's all, right? The- Now, that person is in charge of your life. Let me tell you something. The Democrats don't don't control my life. The Republicans don't control my life. White power, black power, brown power, yellow power, you don't control my future. You don't control my thinking. I put my word, my faith in the word of God and an unlimited God, and he alone will set the limits for my life. And if God sets you, nobody can upset you. Nobody. Don't you let anybody dictate who you will be, what you can do, what you cannot do. I don't think the best church has ever been built yet. I don't think the best methods have been thought about yet. I don't think the best businesses have been yet. Maybe it's you. Maybe it's one of your kids. You just, the one causing the most trouble? Probably right there. Probably right there. Big time potential. Take charge of your life or somebody else will. That's a promise. You know, the excuses that you hear over and over through the years. Well, I'm really too young. Jesus started out as a baby in Bethlehem's manger. I'm too old. Moses was 80 when he got started in the ministry. I don't have enough talent. A mustard seed certainly isn't much, but it can change the world. It grows. I don't know the right people. You know God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. You're well-connected but I don't have enough education. Most of the billionaires never went to college, certainly didn't finish, and yet they dreamed something that could be and started in a garage, and we go down to Walmart, we go down and have Amazon delivered to us, we use our computers, our our iPads and iPhones. These are people who were ostracized in their day, but they didn't let go of their dream. Elon Musk, you know, in college with his roommate, had an idea and started PayPal. 
became billionaires. Now, we sit around hoping gas goes down so we can make it and criticize them. We don't like this, they do. We don't like how much taxes they paid. And I'm thinking, he really doesn't care what you think. Why don't you take the risk they did? They risked embarrassment. They risked rejection multiple times. They risked the little bit of money they had to try to make it work. How many of you? No, you aren't going to tell me. Don't raise your hand. Where's Spanx? That girl started with, you Google it today, 500 bucks. And people kept coming to her. And it became a company. And little by little, this little cutie sold it this past month two months, $1.5 billion. She gave every employee a $10,000 bonus and two free first-class tickets to anywhere in the world they wanted to go. You could do that. Put them spanks on. I bet you the first time she strapped into those, she never thought, that's $1.5 billion panties. Woo! I mean, Really? Really, I, I, I want people to make me dream. That's why I love to travel. I love to see other things and how people do it. What's possible? Don't live confined. Go online. Take a look. Read a book. Listen to a podcast way outside your comfort zone. You've got enough God in you to reject what's false, but you've got enough in you of creativity to say, I could do that. I could do that. Even if you can't be personal friends, hang around people who think bigger, dream bigger, have achieved more to at least increase you a little bit. You know, I first came to this city. I went to the first clergy meeting, a luncheon for, for pastor, pastors. And I wasn't there 30 minutes, and everybody wanted a discount at Denny's. We were in the back room, and they were worried about getting a discount on the lunch. And then they passed three things that they were against in the city. And I thought, that's it? That's our vision? That's our purpose? And I thought, I don't have a big thinker in this room. And the big thinkers weren't in that room. So I had to go outside that room to find those guys who did think big, who had achieved much bigger. They didn't have time to play with the squirrels. They wanted to think big. And even if you're a squirrel, hang out. Hang out with a bear or a mountain lion because it'll make you more courageous and bigger. It will. And I had to find bigger friends who thought bigger, who challenged me, and go look and say, what's possible? I don't think we've reached our potential at all. I don't think we're more than halfway there. Honestly, I don't. But I want you to feel that way about yourself. We're not there yet. You haven't arrived yet. There's still more you could do you haven't done yet. See? So but most of the billionaires are doing very well. So stop whining. Stop making excuses. And if God has a limit on you, let him set the limit, not what you feel about yourself or your education or your race or your background. Remember, take charge of your life. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Don't let your dream die. Consider the young man cut from the basketball team when he was in junior high school, but he kept trying. He played in high school, but he wasn't good enough. He kept trying. He dreamed of playing professional basketball. He kept trying. He didn't let his dream die, although he was told by the experts, you don't have what it takes. His name was Michael Jordan. He turned the NBA upside down in Chicago because the potential was there, and his drive and ability to stick with it made him one of the superstars of the sports world. The second way people destroy their potential is wanting instant gratification. I want it now. I want it all now. 
and maybe love without commitment. Hey, young lady, if you're dating somebody like that who's looking for, you know, free samples, get rid of them. Tell them take an Uber home right now. This generation wants benefits without responsibilities. That's not a reality. They want success before work. The only place you're going to get success before work is in a dictionary. As a man thinks, so is he. Paul said, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are pure, think on those things. And one of the best things you can do when you don't feel well is turn off fear news and pick up good news. There are people in this room right now struggling in their life, in their business, in their health, in their marriage, in things they've never tried to do. Thanks again for joining us. If you enjoyed the podcast, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. You can hear more messages by visiting summitsa.com.